Welcome back to another episode of SoCal Watch Reviews. I am Miguel. This is episode 20. Uh, we got P on the other line. P, how's it going? Yo, what's going on, folks? It's your boy P. Rouse back in the building. Absolutely. And we got Fred on the other line. Fred? What's happening? Fred from Saluso. How are everyone doing today? Uh, doing fantastic. Guys, we got a very special guest. Uh, one of you gentlemen want to introduce her? Go ahead, Fred. So we have... Cat yeah. from ten and two from the ten and two podcast, probably one of one of the few female uh, female watch reviewers and podcasters out there. So we're really glad to have her on the channel. Cat, welcome. Hey, yeah, hey guys, uh, it's it's great to be here today. I'm I'm so super excited about it. Well, yeah. we're excited too, absolutely. Now, Fred, I I, I know there's women and 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 podcasts like uh, I think Revolution has like a podcast, but it's not all women. It, it's one girl, one guy. Uh, Kat, is that is that true? Is that are you the only kind of all female podcast out there? I want to say that we're the only all female podcaster as far as like hosts go. Um, right, there's several. Right. I mean, like yeah, you said Revolution. There's mm-hmm. Kara that's over on Hudinki. She mm-hmm. joins in every now and then. Right. And then uh, Love and Watches. There's a husband and wife duo. Uh, I'm probably forgetting a couple others, but, um, oh yeah, Worn and Wound, they, they have a female that comes on every now and then too. So, um, they're out there, but, uh, yeah, we're, we're the all female. You get us every week, just us two chit chatting <laughs> Yeah, and, uh, having a good time. I think that's super cool. I mean, I, I, I just, it, it would be nice to hear more from a women's perspective and just like us three, you know, we do this, we try to do this every week and, and we just talk and everything, but it's, this is all from a male perspective, uh, however, you do get some differences because of the ethnicities and the parts of the world where we live. We all like Absolutely. different things. We could afford different things, which is really cool. But having an all-female kind of crew running things and having you on the show is awesome. So 20 episodes. And how many girls have we had on the show, P? Nine. Exactly. One. One. Exactly. You. Yes. <laughs> exactly. None. Yeah, I get it. It's, uh, we're, we're hard to find out there. <laughs> yeah, no. So before we kind of move on and get into things, why don't you like really introduce yourself and, and how you, you know, I, I guess just, just tell us about you and then we'll get okay. into more detailed questions. Yeah, sure. Um, so my name is Kat. I am based in Nashville, Tennessee. I, uh, I run a podcast with my co-host Catlin, who's also a female that lives here in Nashville with me. And uh, let's see, I got into this hobby probably, I want to say three years ago or so, um, somewhere around that time frame. And honestly, I was just, I was fed up with smartwatches. They were dying on me. They were failing and uh, was looking to get an upgrade. And I didn't really know what the upgrade was going to be. And around that same time, I was super obsessed with uh, Joanna Gaines, you guys may or may not be familiar with. Mm-hmm. She runs the big uh, Fixer Upper show. And she had a watch on in the episode, and her husband notoriously always wears a Rolex, but... Upside down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, on the inside of the wrist. <laughs> the inside of the wrist, yeah. Yeah, but uh, she had a watch on, and I was obsessed with this watch. And I, like, started diving into forums, and finally I found it. I think it was in the Watch You Seek forum, actually. And uh, it was a Shinola watch, and um, 
yeah, that kind of just started the drive for me looking into watches. I, I got into that forum and then realized that I, I kind of wanted an automatic piece. And so, yeah, I just, it went down a big rabbit hole essentially, but I haven't looked back since. <laughs> wow. That's kind of how it starts for a lot of us. I mean, kind of our origin story always comes out like that, looking at fashion watches and just kind of transitioning into uh, more respectable pieces, if you, if you would, if you could even call Absolutely, it that. Absolutely, yeah. But uh, but it's refreshing, like I said, again, to to see it from a female perspective because I am married and I, I talk about watches all the time. My wife is just fed up with it and she just doesn't <laughs> see it, which I was just thinking this morning, something very interesting. If you look at the fashion industry, it's mainly driven by female, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Guys... Eh, we care about fashion, but not like women do. However, for me, a watch really, in essence, it's kind of a fashion accessory if you really look at it, because depending on what you're wearing, you know, you know, you want to wear a diver or an elegant piece or the color of the, of the dial or whatever, right? So I would think because it's something that that's pretty, right, more women would be into it. But unfortunately, they're not. And if they are, it's Michael Kors, right? They yeah, don't care about exactly. the mechanics. So, exactly. so I guess with that, let me kind of segue into into brands. I know we we all go through our faces of well, I like this brand, I like that brand, but what at this point, I guess, what's your favorite brand and and why? Like, like what's my favorite brand today? Yeah, today, <laughs> not yesterday, not tomorrow, because I know we all we all go through our faces. But today, yeah. what's what is your favorite brand today? Uh, you know, that's a tough question. I I, I do I flip around a lot, but you know, one brand that. I actually don't even have in my collection right now, but I'm a huge fan of would be Nomos. Uh, mm. I, I think that that brand pound for pound, they're doing it right right now. And they're kind of, they're not at the forefront of, you know, watch community and watch talk. I think they're, they're there, but I don't know. I feel like, you know, some of the bigger brands that kind of, kind of take the lead, but you know, they offer the same watch in multiple sizes. They have honestly a piece for anybody. It doesn't matter, you know, what style, um, what size wrist they have. There's something that I think appeals to everyone with that brand. And uh, yeah, I hope they do become more popular. But um, yeah, I've always really loved Nomos and, and they're still one of my favorite brands out there um, at the no. moment. Is there a reason why you sold your Nomos then? Because I know you had uh, one. I did. I had a club campus. Mm-hmm. I sold it because uh, I didn't have a date. And I've gotten to the point where I, <laughs> just, I, I know it sounds stupid, but it's just one of those complications that I just have to have on a watch. Um, so unless the watch is like sub $500, you know, I can, I can kind of do without it. But if I'm spending over a grand on a watch, I, I want it to have the one thing that I actually use and need every day. So, um, now that being said, they have models that have dates on them. So, uh, you know, I don't know in the future, I could definitely see myself owning another one, but, but yeah, I, I still love, I have a lot of love for the brand itself. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Sounds good. P. Uh, you've been a collector for a while. What made you want to start a podcast and become an influencer? So, oh, an influencer! Wow. Yeah, of course. <laughs> that's that still sounds that sounds weird. I'm not I'm not used to being called an influencer, but I guess um, I guess any, anybody on, anybody on Instagram, in my opinion, is an influencer because right. we're out there, we're posting pictures of watches on our wrists, and someone might go and buy that watch because they saw it on your Instagram profile, and from that moment on, you're an influencer. So. Um, I don't, I don't take the term too lightly, but I am honored by it. Um, but so I guess when I started this hobby, I, I quickly noticed that obviously there wasn't a lot of women there. There just wasn't a lot of women out there, at least on the forums and on Facebook groups and even on Instagram. 
um, that weren't just like, you know, models showing off pieces for other people, <laughs> but <laughs> there's plenty of those out there. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so I, you know, I got into the hobby a little bit. I, I was buying and selling quite a bit. I was finally building up a collection and thought, you know, I want to get my opinion out there. I want to, I want to tell the female side of things. And, uh, so I thought, okay, well, maybe I'll do a YouTube channel. And I did a test run here at my house and I filmed myself for like 20 minutes, watched <laughs> it back and was like, this is crap. I cannot watch myself. This is going to take forever to edit video. I was like, this is not for me. And uh, so I was like, well, maybe I'll do a blog. I am the, the world's like slowest writer in the world. Um, so yeah, I, I was like, I kind of knocked that out. And then uh, around the same time, I was listening to a lot of podcasts. I was listening to Houdinki and Warner Wound and stuff like that. And so I thought, well, maybe you know, this is an avenue I can go down. But the problem was, and as you guys know, if, if one person gets on a podcast and talk for an hour, it can be a little boring. Right. <laughs> so I, I knew I had to find a co-host and that became a challenge because I wanted another female. I wanted to have that perspective that wasn't really out there. And as you guys know, there's just not a lot of women in this hobby. So uh, I guess the search kind of began and I started looking at some female Instagram profiles, um, kind of stalking them, if you will, for a little while. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go ahead and admit to it. But uh, I, I had been friends with Catlin for a while on Instagram and uh, she, got, she lived here in Nashville and she's part of the National Watch Club. I had actually never been to a National Watch Club meeting and so I said, all right, I'm going to go, I'm going to hang out, I'm going to meet her and just kind of see what the chemistry is like and see how she is. And we immediately hit it off. And um, I got home that night and I might have even messaged her when I got home that night um, about meeting for coffee and discussing maybe doing a podcast together. And really, I, when we did this podcast, I had only met her like twice. And wow. uh, yeah, it's kind of crazy. But so it's not like we had been friends for a long time. We had, you know, talked here and there on Instagram, but that was basically it. But to find someone that was in my city, that was another female that is into watches even more than I am, uh, is pretty rare. And uh, yeah, I'm just incredibly lucky to have found her. I can't, I can't imagine doing it with anybody else. She's become one of my best friends and we talk every single day. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's been great. And uh, that's kind of how the process started. That's awesome. Cool. Well, before yeah. we move on to the next question, I really, yeah. I want to put it out there, but I, I and I know, uh, uh, I, I sent Catlin a, a message as well. And I'm like, Hey, we're having cat on the, on the episode this time, but hopefully in the future we could collaborate something because it's super cool. I mean, you guys are down to earth and I mean, I, I, I want to think that we're down to earth too. We're not snobby at all. We hate snobs yeah. on this, on this neck of the woods. And hopefully, you know, hopefully we can have her on because you guys do make a very, very awesome duo. I've heard every single one of your episodes. In fact, <laughs> I've heard, so I've heard that uh, Scottish watches episode before you guys even started anything. And I was kind of aware of what was coming and I was very excited and I was not disappointed. So that's super cool. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. And I'm sure she would, she would love to be on and we, we, we would love to you know collaborate with you guys even more. But uh, yeah. yeah and cool. I think that, you know, we're just talking about like the podcast realm and, you know, there's some podcasts that I try to listen to, to all, but you know, there's some that are a little bit on the snobbier side and, and that have a different, <laughs> different price point than I think the everyday person's looking for. And, mm -hmm. and we try to, and, and like you guys do, we try to cover everything. We try to cover, um, you know, yeah, we're going to talk about Pateks and stuff like that, but we're also going to talk about Seikos and we, we just talk about what we like and what, what interests us. And um, I think people appreciate that at the end of the day, you know, we're not, 
we're not trying to sell anything. We're just, uh, we're just talking. So I, and like you guys, I, I think that that's, that's needed in this hobby is, um, you know, more people just, just chit chatting about watches. And, and that's another reason that at the end of the day, I encourage people to go to, to watch club, you know, meetups and stuff like that. Cause it's awesome. And we, you know, people keep telling us, you guys feel like our friends. We listen to you every week. And <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I know. But like, go, go, go to your watch club meetups and, and hang out with people. And it's, it's so much fun. I mean, that's what this hobby is all about. I bet. Yeah. Cool. That's it. That's it. Now, before I get into the next question, speaking of Seiko, I was listening to, um, it wasn't your last episode, it was the one before talking about those Grand Seiko anniversary pieces. Uh-huh. Did anyone ever end up getting back to you guys on why the two watches that have the same movement have different accuracies? Oh, yeah. Apart from gold oh, or... that's a good question. Um, I think someone did message Catlin back. Um, I'll have to get in there and look, but there, there was a reason. I think it had something to do with the quartz crystals. Um, Huh. That they they as you know they they handpicked those those quartz crystals and there was something to do with those that the, was the reason behind the watch being a little bit more accurate. But yeah, that's I think uh, yeah. go back and look at that for sure. Crazy. Well, they grow yeah, their they own grow. crystals, right? Am I? Am yeah. I okay. Yeah. Yeah. I guess they that's do. like their their top uh their top uh, cosecha harvest. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> too many languages in my head. Um, <laughs> all right cool i was just curious about that because i was listening to that like just when i was on my way home the other day but yeah. um i wanted like so obviously the female experience is completely different in this hobby but more than just you know what i guess guys we would see is okay the difference is that like just girls get sold diamonds on their watches <laughs> you know like but yeah. can you give us a bit of a closer idea a bit more insight like this is a largely male dominated hobby mm-hmm. How would you say the experience is different being a female in such a male-dominated hobby, both in how, like, not just in what watches, like, people will try to sell you, like, when you walk into an mm-hmm. AD or a store, yeah. but even at stuff like watch meetups, you know, what's that experience like and how's, like, give us a little insight into the female perspective on that. Well, I mean, you know, we, we joke that it's it's kind of a sausage fest when we go to meetups. <laughs> I mean, I'm being honest. Uh, <laughs> And there's not a, I don't find there's an issue with that, but for a lot of women that could be very intimidating that they're like, they might be the only female that show up. And so if they're not with a a spouse or, you know, a boyfriend or something, it can, it can be intimidating. And, and I think for a long time it, it was that for me, I think me, it was, it was more so not really the male female aspect of the reason I didn't go it was more, uh, oh, I don't, I don't have a good, you know, good enough collection to go. You know, I'm, they're going to have, you know, Rolex and APs and stuff like that. And I'm going to have like Seiko and then some of the, the lower end Swiss stuff. Um, but going back to the, to the female thing in the hobby, I, yeah, I've seen it. I, I've seen some, some negative aspects of this hobby. Um, but I think for the most part, I want to say 90, 95% of the, you know, the guys in this hobby are really genuine and nice and, and open-minded to females coming into it. And then I also think there's 5% that are just assholes. I don't know if you guys are going to cut this out. I don't nope. know if I can cut from here. <laughs> yes, okay. you can. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> okay. Um, I know I try not to cuss on mine, but occasionally we, we bleep each other out. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it happens. And, and recently I had a friend on Instagram. She she's got a collection similar to mine where, you know, I don't own a single lady's watch. I, I have no interest in them because they don't make any that fit me. Um, and I think they're starting to, but, um, so she's got, you know, she's got a couple, uh, she's got a, a Rolex Explorer and then she just bought this Panerai that I think is uh, like a 42 millimeter. 
and she posted it up on a Facebook group and she was just hit by comments from these guys saying, you're wearing a man's watch. It doesn't look right on a woman. You shouldn't be wearing this piece. And I remember when I started and I got into the hobby and I would post pictures, Instagram, but you know, I think we see a lot more of that on, on forums and Facebook groups of the, the negative aspect. And yeah, people just would, would hit me hard and say, that's a, why, why are you wearing a man's watch? That's made for a man. You should buy the ladies piece. And uh, it's sad. It, it is sad. And uh, to me, I, and I've, I've told people this, that I, I regard watches like I do cars. I think cars are made for anybody. They're, they're something that expresses ourself and our passion and our, our likes and interests and, if it's a sports car, there's not, it shouldn't be made for a man or woman. It's just a car. And, and I feel the same way about watches. And um, I think they, they express our personality and, and there shouldn't be a label on them. And, and I think, I hope that brands get away from that. And I think it'll help people a lot. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I can't remember all the instances I've gone through over the last few years. Um, definitely going into ADs and, and, asking for a sports watch and being taken to like the ladies Cartier and which is fine. They're great, but it's not really what I'm looking for. And, um, there's, there's that stereotype there. Have you guys had any experience with it yourselves? Um, I mean, anything that you see like women, women getting, you know, beat up on the forums or anything like that. Um, I've seen in Invicta forums where women were baddies, off the chain, fifty-two millimeter watches, and will wear them, and they will get bashed for that. Yeah. But but my thing is, you know, you do what you want to do. You know what I mean? So yeah. Like yeah. I don't, I don't have a problem with it. You know, if that's what floats your boat, hey. You know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, and then I kind of figure like if, if women can go up, men can go down in size. So. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. A lot of the time, like friends, <laughs> they seem like they really want to like. I almost feel like they're kind of like forcing, like they're trying to pander, but they don't, it's like, but it's, they still probably have a guy in that design office who's designing what he thinks a woman wants to wear. Yeah. Type of thing. Like I noticed that when you look a lot of brands, their women's collection, it's literally the same thing, just downsize and put some diamonds on it, you know? Yeah. Right. And, and then they like, usually will take out the automatic movement or the mechanical movement and put a quartz in. So yeah. like, I think in that sense, it really reflects when you look on the brand side, you look at, you can really tell what they're trying to push and sell to women as yeah. opposed to just sort of, and even in their marketing, you know, like you see what, what stuff they'll put on a woman, what stuff they'll put on a man. There's not usually a lot of crossover. They usually sort of have a really demarcated line when, in my opinion, at least like the difference is a lot more like, there's a lot more gray area between what's a guy's watch and a girl's watch, in my opinion, at least. Mm-hmm. But here's yeah, the, And then like, when I look at a, a woman's watch, sometimes it just doesn't look, aesthetically pleasing to me so I could understand why a woman would go for a male's watch um I don't know if you've experienced that like you said you don't have any women's watches in your collection is that Mm -hmm. why because they're not aesthetically pleasing yeah I I'm not a fan of of the diamond encrusted you know bezels and stuff like that not to say that there are watches that I like that have diamonds in them uh but typically that's not my style um, it's not who I am now to say that, I mean, there's women collectors that like those watches and that's, that's fantastic. And that's great. But I, I think also if, if we look at what women are wearing nowadays, women are wearing, you know, 44 millimeter Apple watches and they're wearing big right. Michael, Michael core watches, which are the, the quote unquote boyfriend watch. Women want to wear bigger pieces and they like that sports watch feel. And I think brands should take to that and start making more watches that can fit both male and female. 
Um, and I think we're, we're starting to see some brands uh, advertise a little bit better. I know Tudor, they've got several, you know, advertisements now with uh, the BB58 on a woman's wrist and you know, shopping and things like that. And that's great. Like, I want to see more of that because women, we, we buy what we, other, what we see other women wearing. If we don't see other women wearing it, we're not going to buy it. And uh, it takes a very strong person to be very passionate about something to, to go out and buy a man's watch because there's no other women doing it. So I, I want to see, you know, I want to see more brands taking that awareness and, uh, you know, putting their other watches on women. And, and, you know, there's nothing wrong with having a lady's collection and having uh, smaller offerings. But again, I think just let's just start to take the labels out of things and just say, you know, this is a 28 millimeter, uh, you know, Rolex Datejust, and then this is a, a 36 millimeter Datejust, and then just offer them in different colors and variations and, People are going to pick what fits them, and, and they don't have to worry about that label that's on there. Got it. Well, I, absolutely. Well, look, I, I do agree that maybe they should uh, put out watches that are gender neutral. If that's a thing, because yeah. obviously in the U.S. we're making a huge push about homosexuality and LGBT and all this other things, right? So it's a mm -hmm. huge deal where you can discriminate, and if you discriminate us yet in certain sectors of different things, cars, shoes, you know, watches or whatever, yeah. there's segregation. I mean, it's call it what it is. And we see it all the time with our, with our YouTube channels and with our podcast. Every time we talk about homage watches or about this or whatever, you get all these haters coming out, right? Because, oh, no, this and that. But you know what? You just got to be open-minded. However... We're we're looking at this whole women watches thing uh, from a perspective of a collector, right? Of watch enthusiasts. Mm -hmm. However, we are not. I, I I don't think we're all in in marketing departments in in the watch uh, industry. So maybe they've done their research. Maybe they're they're thinking, you know what? These women watches with diamonds or whatever sell. So if yeah. they make us money, we got to keep doing it. And I'm telling exactly. you this because, like, my wife. Yeah, she likes oversized watches, but she likes them to look pretty. She likes them to look soft. Mm. She likes them to have a little bit of, maybe not over bling, but a little bit of bling. But if, if she sees my watches, oh, that looks too, 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 like much like a guy watch. I don't, I don't like yeah. it. It's cool. I like the size, but it looks too much like a guy watch. You know what I mean? So it's like, oh, yeah. It, it, it's, it's so hard. This is like such a hard thing. If I was, <laughs> if I was working for a watch company, I don't even know what I would do because it's like, I don't want to, I don't want to label things. And I think mm -hmm. women don't like 26 millimeter watches. I think that was maybe really old school. I think yeah. it's more of a modern, maybe what would you say? 36, 38 would be kind of yeah. like the perfect yeah. size, maybe 40. That's a, mm -hmm. that's a good Pushing it. for sure. But, uh, but anyways, going into what I was going to ask, I, I've obviously seen more women, you know, uh, being in this in this hobby and, and kind of becoming collectors and talking about watches. Uh, in my opinion, before you tell me your opinion, I don't think it will ever get to the 50-50 kind of ratio where you have female collectors and male collectors, but I might be completely wrong. I mean, who would have thought uh, a few years ago, you know, that things were going to be the way that they are now? When I look at TV, well, my son is watching or, or whatever. It's just like things are so different than what they used to be back when I was growing up. So yeah. in your in your opinion, do you ever think it will get to 50-50 as far as the collecting? No, yeah, I mean, Miguel, I, I, I pretty much agree with you. I, I don't think that at least in my lifetime, it'll ever, it, you know, ever be 50, 50. Um, and the reason is because, okay, there's still a big part of this hobby. That's very mechanical, very driven in the mechanical aspect of, of the watches. And, and I like that. And that's one of the reasons that drew me to it. 
And I think that it's going to be very hard for women to, to get into that because women do like more of the fashion aspect of it. And until the hobby becomes okay with that, I guess, then it's going to be very hard. And <clears throat> I look at things like uh, car enthusiasts, you know, my dad's been a car collector for a long time. And, uh, you know, that, that group of people have been around since cars have been around and there's still very little women in that hobby. So I, I feel like it kind of, you know, goes into watches as well. I mean, obviously, yeah, I, I would love to see more women in this hobby. And I think, you know, hopefully you know, our goal with doing our podcast is that hopefully more women would, would listen in and, and start to collect. And, and we've had a few, but I mean, the reality is 98% of our podcast is still listened to by guys and that's okay. Um, but, you know, we're seeing more female YouTubers now and I'm, and I'm so happy. And I think that's a great step forward. And, uh, while, while, you know, brands and stuff can advertise and they can sell more watches to women, I don't know that more women are going to come into the hobby. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, you, you hit a, you hit a really good point. And here's my, my thought or, or my, my, what, what I'm thinking, cause I'm, I'm Hispanic and I could only attest to this in my culture. Um, there's a lot of uh, machos, right? That the women are, are looked down upon the guys always on top, you know, we're, we're the leaders, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe, and this is just hypothetical and I don't feel this way guys. So anybody listening out there, I don't feel <laughs> this way, but I know, uh, my YouTube channel, a hundred percent of my viewers are males and a hundred percent of my viewers are in my age group, kind of like in the thirties, early thirties, mid thirties, forties, whatever. So what I'm getting now with this whole machismo thing is if you have a female YouTuber kind of telling you, recommending you what to, you almost feel like, why would I take advice from a girl? What the hell? Like, I don't, I don't, what, why is she telling me what to wear? How, how can she tell me that something's better? How can she know more mechanics than, than I do? And and it hurts your ego. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm just putting it out there. I mean, that's out there for sure. That's a great point. That's a fantastic point. And, uh, it very well, you know, very well may be true. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I don't argue that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, th- I think they're sadly mistaken, though, because women they have are. cultivated cultures for years on end, and the, the watch game ain't nothing but another type of culture. So I'm pretty sure, you know, women are, are going to come up in that also, you know, as long as they see other women blazing the pathway, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't, you, can't, you can't hold down a gender, race, or whatever to what you think that it may be. So... You know, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Yeah. Well, the yeah. cool thing is that we have ten and two being trail- trailblazers of this <laughs> of this hobby. It's true, a hundred percent. I mean, I, 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 we're talking to you. Obviously, you guys are making an impact in the community, and you're going to keep growing and growing. And I see your numbers kind of multiplying, and that's awesome. So, you guys are gonna are gonna are gonna do something uh, right for women in this community. So, and, and speaking of that, uh, <laughs> you and Catlin. <you> <laughs> Defended the latest Bethany Frankel talking watches interview. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that she was misrepresenting as a woman, or what's your whole stand on that? Yeah, oh, that was a big fiasco. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so my my opinion, and and I think Catlin stands pretty close to mine too. Is uh, I think people were a little harsh on her, and. To be frank, and, and, I'll, and I'll say this just from the start, I don't think anybody that's shown on Talking Watches represents me or the watch community. Correct. These are just one person uh, that likes watches. And I think 
if they're passionate about watches, then they deserve to be on the show. And that's the only criteria in my mind um, for the show. I, yeah, I wish that, you know, maybe they could have had someone else that was a little bit more knowledgeable. But, you know, people were hating on her. She got the watches from her exes and she didn't really know anything about the movements. She, she bought a watch because she liked the way it looks. Well, you know, for me personally, the aesthetics of a watch, uh, I, I put movement... I consider it, but the movement's not the most important thing in my list. If I'm looking at a top five things, uh, reasons why I want to buy a watch, you know, the movement's usually at the bottom because first of all, I got to like the look and the feel of the watch. And if I don't, then it's discarded. It doesn't matter what movement's inside. So I feel like people are a little bit unfair there. And, you know, I've, I've seen a couple episodes. Well, I've seen most, if not all of the episodes of Talking Watches, and they've had guys on there that don't know anything about their watches either. Um, <laughs> that she right. probably knew more about some of the pieces she had than they did. Uh, I, yeah, I, so, I mean, I, I get it. I get why people hated on it a little bit. I just think it was a little bit unfair, a little bit ruthless. Um, she has a different way of collecting. We all have different ways of collecting. You know, yes, she had exes that gave her watches, but you know what? Daily, I mean, I mean, daily, I see on Facebook groups that, oh, my wife bought this for my birthday. She bought this for her anniversary. So men are getting watches from their spouses just as much. Now, granted, they may not have as many, you know, relationships as she did, but um, <laughs> they're still they're still gifts and they're still given. And I think, you know, all of us in the watch community, when we're with someone, you know, I know, I tell my husband. Uh, hey, don't worry about getting me a gift for, you know, my birthday. Uh, how about you buy me this watch instead <laughs> that, that I really want? I'll make it easy on him. So, and uh, who's to say she didn't do the same thing? And I think if you watch the video, she she clearly likes watches. Like, she wanted, she reached out to Houdinki in the first place. And that sh alone should be, a, I mean, the fact that a female knows who Houdinki is and reads their magazine or their blog and, and wanted to be on their show. I mean, that's that's a big step. She obviously has a real passion for watches, um, and, and yeah, that that's my stance. I, I I don't think it misrepresented women because honestly, I don't know a lot of women collectors, and so I can't fairly say that she misrepresented us as collectors in the hobby um, as women because everybody's so different. Um, just like uh, you know, if they had. You know, we'll just say John Mayer, you know, does John Mayer represent you and, and the way you collect? Well, you guys are two different people. You just I feel like it's unfair, right, to, right. unfair to make the, the, you know, the comparison there. But, right, right. yeah. What about yeah, what, what, yeah, you, what I, did you guys I agree think? With you. I, I, th I thought it was pretty good. Uh, you know, I mean, for me, it's kind of like, like. Like, what is the criteria for someone even being into watches? Like, do you have to like the aesthetic, the movement? Because when we first started, we didn't know nothing about movement. I know I didn't at a young age. I didn't know nothing about movements. I was just looking at watches because I thought they looked good. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. my question is, like, what is the criteria? You know, I think it could be anything. I don't think you have to be, like, 100% knowledgeable about the crab just passionate about what you like. Yeah, I agree. You know, do you guys think that all the negative comments that they got was people just hating because you had some heavy hitting pieces on in the collection? They're like, "Oh, great! This girl doesn't even know about the movement and everything, and yeah. I do, and it's not fair yeah. that I don't own that piece." It might be a part of it, you know. I don't I, know. Yeah. I could see that, and I thought she was kind of funny too. Like, you know, like entertainingly funny. I I liked it. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was a yeah. good episode for sure. Yeah. Uh, uh, and my my thing is, I, I 
you know, they had Kara, you know, come on and interview her. But I think let's get Kara, you know, out there interviewing, you know, guys that, that are into watches. She shouldn't just be a part of interviewing female guests because um, she's she's got her own collection and she's a great writer for Inky. And I think uh, I, I, I want to see more of her. But, um, yeah, it's funny, you know. I, I didn't think about that, but I think you, you're right where, you know, maybe there's some jealousy going on that, that yeah. she owns some pieces that a lot of people honestly just can't get even get a hold of right now. Um, and the fact that she just thought it was pretty and, and that's yeah, why exactly. she has it. <laughs> but, the irony uh, being there's yeah. so many people who like want like a Hulk, for example, they just know it because it's the expensive Rolex. Exactly. And they own like and they can be guys and they can still not know shit about the movement or like mm-hmm. the importance of it. It's like no the green one. Yeah, yeah the green one. <laughs> right. Well, exactly. I mean how <laughs> how many people see wearing Rolex and AP and, and Patek that know nothing about the watch, only the status of it. So Yeah, exactly. Um, also she, a lot she, of she, them. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was a little little bit unfair. Yeah, I think there was definitely like a lot of extra scrutiny on it, probably because it was a woman feature. I th- I'm not sure if it was the first time though they had a female guest on. Or it was at least the first in a while, first one. No, it was the first yeah, one. They they they, they made it very clear. On it. <laughs> but I think one thing for sure where they fucked up was just like the way that they cut it. I think made her come off a certain way. Mm-hmm. Like they would they put like three like people talk about like oh you know her boyfriend gave it. it's like they put three boyfriend watches like back to back to really ram home that yeah. point. Yeah. The way they cut the interview, I think, definitely worked against it and fed into that extra scrutiny, I think, that it was having because it was a, a female on the show. Well, that was yeah. in the intro yeah, that I actually sure. used that. Oh, my ex-boyfriend gave me this and he honored me to get it. That was like the intro. That was the intro. Okay, that's not yeah. a good intro. <laughs> they they definitely, you know, there were some parts that were real, real cut up. And I think the editing part of it just wasn't done very well. Um, it sounded like on some parts that she had more to say about a watch and then it was like cut off and moved to the next. And yeah. so I, I do feel like, uh, I don't know who the heck, you know, edited that, that interview, but um, they definitely did not choose wisely for sure. Well, I know for, for like a minute there, she was talking about a watch that was her father's, right? So yeah. I would, that's what would I would have focused on because for me mm-hmm. personally, like I didn't like that interview. And here's why. Yeah. Because I just felt like she didn't sound passionate. Not about, not about the reference numbers and about this because I don't know reference numbers either, you know, because I'm not a machine. I don't remember crap. I got enough going on in my life, right? Um, <laughs> but when I hear you, Kat, talking about watches, I could hear the passion in your voice. So to yeah. me, it's more about gravitating towards the passion towards like this person really loves this stuff she mm-hmm. kind of like well these are pretty i like them but i didn't really hear the passion again it might have yeah. been the editing because if she would have said what started for me was my father's watch this thing mm-hmm. represents so much for me i love my father and i see him in this watch and blah 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 blah, blah would have been like that's very cool that would have been the intro you know like hook us on that hook us on the sentiment of why you yeah. got into watches is because of of a, of a of a gift you got from your father or whatever, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. And I think that, you know, there were some pieces that uh, were shown, but she didn't talk about as well. And so I personally, in my, in my, you know, my perspective, I would have liked to see her talk about maybe just three pieces. You know, I've seen, I've seen them have people on the show that they only talk about a couple pieces in their collection. Uh, but maybe, you know, ask her to really go down deep into why she bought it and why she has it and the meaning behind it, such as the one she had from her father, um, and, and, and leave the ones that she had a lesser connection to, uh, maybe behind, but, uh, yeah, it, it, it's tough. It's tough. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know. Maybe she's got some, some regressions about some of the things she said on, on the air and, and on the video, but uh, at the end of the day, you know, it's a different collector than, than I am. Yeah. I don't hate on it. It's different than me. 
Um, there's other videos that I like better <laughs> and I definitely want to see more women. Uh, but the problem is there's just not, there's not a lot of women. Uh, so I, it's like, <laughs> I, I can see why they, they got her as soon as they could because she reached out to them and it's like, Oh, here's a female that likes watches and she wants to be on the show and she has a huge following. She's famous. And um, I, I could absolutely see why that, that triggered them to, to go ahead and have her on the show. And, Cause you know, all I see in the comments is like, you should have had Ellen on the show. You should have had Ellen. It's like, well, there's got to be more women than Ellen out there that likes watches. But uh, <laughs> the, the fact of the matter is just hard. It's, it's super hard. Well, here's here's the crazy thought. So I know Talking Watches obviously is mostly famous people, right? Baseball mm-hmm. player chefs, whatever. Yeah. But like you said, the female perspective is, is – or female collectors are very hard to, to find, right? But you have 10 and 2. Yeah, it sounds like a stretch, right? Yeah, you're crazy, Miguel Houdinki. It's not that crazy. We had Cameron from Craft and Tailored in one of our shows, like early, early episodes. That guy is like really good friends with Ben and Houdinki. And we had him on our show and we were like kind of drooling over <laughs> here. Like, I can't believe yeah. we got this guy because at the end of the day, they're collectors and they're, they could be yeah. really cool people. So I would love to see you guys on that show on Talking Watches. I know it sounds crazy, but it really isn't. If you guys reach out, I would love to see you guys. We would totally support <laughs> you. I'm serious, you know? So. <laughs> oh, thank you. That that would definitely be a, that, that, maybe the highlight of my life being featured on Hinky. Uh, Forget being married. <laughs> yeah. But what yeah. about our wedding day? No, no. <laughs> Talking no. Watches. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, no. Yeah, I, I mean... It is what it is. Uh, I think people were a little harsh, but it's, I mean, it's okay. It's fine. You have to learn to brush stuff off. I, I didn't take anything personally. Um, things got a little heated on some of the forums and Facebook groups. And, um, you know, we, we had a lot of backlash on ourselves personally that we took in from that. But, you know, at the end of the day, you just move on. You know, those people yeah. don't represent the watch community as a whole. Like I said, that's that 5% that's out there. Um, I'm, not, I'm not too worried about it. Yeah. Sounds good. Now, knowing that, like, obviously there are so few uh, sort of female collectors in here, what would you recommend to, you know, to a female collector or someone like a female who's getting interested into watches or even any new collector for that matter? Like, what would be, like, as the one thing you recommend to them going into this hobby, like, going from scratch pretty much? Um, just learning from my own mistakes, you know, I would say <laughs> <laughs> uh, buy within your budget. Don't You don't have to spend so much money to get into this hobby. I mean, you can buy cheap mechanical watches that you're going to have just as much fun with. Um, and then also something that I got really caught up with in the beginning was when you, when you're, you know, part of Facebook groups and you're part of Instagram, everyone has the same watches and you feel like you need that watch to be a collector. Like you have to have a SKX or you have to have a Speedmaster. And that's not the case. If the, and I've learned the hard way that, you know, I've, I've gone through, I mean, I can't even count how many watches I've had that I only bought them because they were popular and everyone else liked them. I bought them, put them on my wrist, and the connection just wasn't there. And, uh, yeah, don't, don't feel pressured to, to buy something because everyone says it's, it's what you have to have as a collector. Everyone has to own cert- a certain watch at some point um, because I don't. I, and I think, you, you know, you do your research and you watch. I mean, we're at a point now that there are so many videos on YouTube. You know, use that to your advantage. Go on there and watch them. I, I love watching reviews. I love seeing the watch on people's wrists because I live in Nashville and, and sadly we're not a big watch town. We don't have a lot of ADs. We have very few. So I'm unable to see a lot of these watches. And um, yeah, go to, go to your, you know, your local watch meetups because that's a great place to find and see watches in person. 
try them on your wrist and you know honestly i've i've tried on watches there that i've later on went to buy because it was the first time i was able to put it on but i don't know that i have anything specific to women other than you know just just don't don't feel intimidated don't feel intimidated by this hobby just be you and and buy what you like and um yeah at the end of the day that's what's important that's what makes it enjoyable so so if that's your recommendation for people what if a collector a brand new collector likes an homage watch how do you feel about that you know, that's something I go back and forth on a lot. I've had a few pieces myself, and it's it's like an inner inner struggle. It really is because I absolutely feel that there's no shame in buying an homage, especially if maybe one day you want to own the real thing, and you're wanting to save literally thousands of dollars to have this piece on your wrist to know if, if you even want to save for it. And, and I did the same thing. I bought um, – I've had like a, a sub homage. I've had – uh, let's see. I think I had a Nomos homage at some point too when I first started out. And I don't. I personally don't see there's anything wrong with it. There, everybody's at a different budget level. Everybody has a different price range. Not everyone can afford to spend thousands of dollars on watches. So from my perspective, as long as it's not a fake, as long as it doesn't try to be a replica, um, I am okay with it. Well, you got you, you got that uh, Bulobo Super Seville in your collection, correct? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. uh, that's the Datejust or Daydate. Uh, oh yeah, that, yeah, exactly. Um, that's a uh, it's more of a date just homage. Date yeah. just more of a more of a date just homage. Vessel. It, it's, mm-hmm. I, I really like the way that you finished it because I know you got it kind of beat up. You send it to get repaired, and I've actually mm-hmm. looking been looking for a piece myself. Super yeah. cool. Um, they're they're kind of creeping up on price. People are kind of starting to catch up on these guys. I I've been looking at them for about two years now and yeah. two years ago they were like in the hundred high hundred dollar range now they're like five six hundred bucks i'm like what the <laughs> what's going yeah. on here well i think the so the supersville that one's more of the the day date version date. and i yeah. had the oceanographer which, oceanographer, is, which right. is more of the the date chest version but you know yeah these watches were made back in the 60s and 70s um you know when when rolex was really popular with their date just models and it was the homage of the time, but also was very, very well made. You know, it has a 14 karat gold bezel on it and stainless steel case and um, automatic I, movement. I, automatic movement, yeah, and and has different touches and and what they were able to have a little bit more fun with it. I got a red second hand and and the the indices are a little bit different than you know Rolex. So I think you can have a little bit more fun with the homages, and it's the same way I feel about people that uh, you know mod you know SKXs and Seikos and stuff like that to to make them more like something else. That's totally fine. I don't see anything wrong with that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, what I, I've been a huge hater of homage watches for a long time, but I finally said, you know what, one of the things, and I, I've been telling the guys and telling everybody, one of the things that I always send my videos and my podcasts with is stay humble, right? Yeah. Because I hate snobs, but I wasn't taking my own advice. I was hating against these people. So I said, uh, I said to myself, I actually told my wife, she didn't care, but anyways, I, I just told her in conversation, I said, you know what? I've been seeing this Pagani design and this other brand and whatever out there. And I'm just going to buy one just to see what the hype is all about. I mean, I love uh, uh, Rolex Mariners, one of my grails. I can't afford it. So whatever, you know, funny. I got it in. I was looking at it, checking it out. And I was like, you know what? I I just can't believe these Chinese uh, companies are able to fit in all this stuff into this price point. Less than 80 bucks, Mm -hmm. right? Craziest thing for me, though, is I've reviewed some... I guess pieces in, in my collection that have a little bit more heritage and their brands that are a little 
not a little, a lot more respected in the in the industry. And those videos haven't really done that well for me, right? Well, yeah. I posted this video, and so far, since I posted my unboxing and my review of that particular watch, I've gotten over 100 subscribers. It's crazy. And so many new people coming out of any everywhere on Instagram, like, oh, I love this, I love that. So it's just crazy to think that we're in this, like, bubble where people think everything has to be Rolex or AP or Patek. But it's like, no, there's a lot of people with budget watches as well. In our last episode, we actually had David from, Dave from Just a Watch, and he focuses on nothing but budget watches and that has gotten a lot of traction for us as well and look at yeah. jody from just one more watch same thing for him he only reviews basically cheap watches and there's such, such a huge following so there's such a diverse the hobby itself is tiny but then when you when you start really breaking it up you have different people from different sectors and on this phone call we have fred fred is all about luxury pieces he doesn't really care so much about i, I think he's kind of coming around um, I don't know, Fred, if that's true, but you're putting words in my mouth, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but no, yeah. like, I, I can definitely appreciate Lauren watches, and like for me, a big thing, like one of the reasons why when I first wanted to collab with you was because, like, I think being in this hobby, you can't afford to be ignorant or be a snob. It's like yeah. I don't think you can appreciate a luxury watch if you don't know what the lower end is like, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like also seeing, like Miguel said, you know what people are able to do. On a shoestring budget of a watch that was what, like seventy bucks or something like that. Seventy three delivered. Yep. Yeah, exactly. How much they can pack into it. It shows how much, how far, like the industry has come. Like if you compare it to like cars, like I'm not into cars as well, and you think like what's in like a Volkswagen Golf now was what was in like you know an S class ten, fifteen years before that, but they managed to scale that down, and that in itself is like the beauty of how like the market evolves because it also then pushes the upper end on all right what are they going to do next you know that's how you get yeah. stuff like that uh that bachelor on the perpetual calendar that has like it slows down the balance so it can maintain its power reserve for like 60 days or something like that like i i i like the fact that it can still push the industry and a lot of times some of these higher end brands it's like you know shit they need to get their shit together <laughs> and, and yeah and you know catch with the times as well and the whole irony of it is that like this is all still an obsolete hobby anyway but it keeps advancing. Like, we can all just check the time on our phone. Mm-hmm. But it still sort of pushes the boundaries. And that's something I love about it. So I think I can definitely appreciate cheaper watches. But probably won't see too many of them on my wrist. Um, <laughs> like, because I think one of my biggest problems, I, I bought into I My first watch when I got into watches was Nomega. And, like, and that came from just, oh, I want to buy myself a nice watch. And then all the research into it, I was like, oh, my God. Where has this hobby been? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's but, hard to uh, go back. It's hard to go back yeah. at this point. You know, if you first watch it, it'll make it. I bought it to buy my own good. <laughs> <laughs> Especially for and, how uh, addictive this hobby is. It is. Yeah. Um, yeah. I made. You know, like I said, I bought and sold for a long time, and I flipped a lot of watches. But I was also, you know, and I, and I don't recommend that to people because I had somewhat of a disposable income to do that. But uh, you know, I made mistakes and. You know, I, I was figuring myself out at the same time, and I've learned to know now, like, you know, what I like in a watch. And, and my criteria is very small, but very, very detailed. And, uh, yeah, I, again, going back to the homages, I, when I first got into the hobby, I, I thought badly of it, especially. And I thought, you know what, if you can't afford the real thing, then find something different. And that's not really a fair way to think of things, because not everyone can afford a Rolex Submariner or, 
or a, you know a tutor you know a tutor snowflake they they just can't and and even if they could they may not even be able to find one nowadays so um i think you know it's fair to say that you know people should be allowed to buy what they want like i said if as long as it's not a fake it's not it's not pretending to be something it's not then then i'm personally okay with it i i wouldn't buy any now um because i just i there's other things that interest me um and and it, and it doesn't even come down to price point that you know i I like Seiko still, and, and I like those divers, and I like other brands as well. That I don't feel the need to have to buy, uh, you know, a, an homage, but um, I can definitely see the benefit of it. You know, I, I've got a an NTH sub right now from a friend that he let me borrow, and that thing is so cool. Like the dial is crazy, and it's something you never would find on a tutor, but this is the only way you're going to get it, and, and it has the same specs as a tutor, you know, a tutor sub, and it fits really good on the wrist and I can actually see the benefit of having it. Um, but yeah, personally, I, I just, I wouldn't buy into it now, but that doesn't mean that other people shouldn't. So I yeah. guess the, the main takeaway then from Fred's question, what would you recommend is, is basically buy what you like, right? Buy what you like. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Unless, I stand it's, a, by that. unless it's a movement watch, then don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, crazy I mean, though, like for such a passion driven hobby, how much is like buy what you like is still like important advice. Like sometimes people still don't yeah. sort of get it, which is insane mm-hmm. for like what's a passion driven hobby. But people still seem to need time to arrive to that, you know. Yeah. But it, know. but it's such a it's such a such a weird statement because here we are saying buy what you want, and if a new collector comes to us and says, "Hey, I found this movement watch, and that's what I like, and that's what you told me to buy." Well, yes, but no, because so it's like. Are we I supposed to be staying humble? <laughs> oh, man. This is, this is so difficult. This is kind of like, mm, it's, mm, it's so hypocritical. Like, that's why man. I find myself kind of like in this hobby. It's like, what the heck's going on? Like, it's just so weird. It's like, at the end of the day, buy what you like. But at the end of the day, you really can't buy what you would like because then you know you're going to be criticized for it. And how much do yeah. you care about criticism? Because I think even though all of us here in this chat say, nah, I don't, that doesn't affect me. Come on, we're all human. Of course it does. If somebody mm-hmm. calls you fat, if somebody calls you ugly, if so, it does affect you. Of course it messes with you, right? So same yeah. thing with this watch thing, right? It's like, I, you know, with this whole homage thing, that, that's where I was. I was like, I don't want to be ridiculed. You know, I'm trying to build something here. I, I, got a, I got a podcast. I got this little channel. I don't want to be looked at as, oh, that guy. You know, I want to be somebody respected in the industry, but I don't have money to go buy a Rolex, you know, so whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> let me, let me kind of end with this before we talk about other things. Um, so you're Puerto Rican. Are you part Puerto Rican, full Puerto Rican? Uh, half Puerto Rican. My mom okay. is, uh, yeah, it's Puerto Rican. Okay. So, and, and I don't know about Puerto Ricans, but at least in, in the Mexican culture and the Chilean culture for Fred, I don't know. I think, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of brought up to, to not spend a lot of money, be frugal, kind of watch your money and just work hard and stuff like that. So I guess I'm just curious. I know you own Grand Seiko's and Rolexes and all these expensive watches, right? Omegas and mm-hmm. Rolex, of course, being the brand that everybody knows. How do your family yeah. take it? I mean, when they saw you with that <laughs> on the wrist, that they say, what the heck's going on? Are you rich now? Or what, what, <laughs> yeah. what was that? What was that? I mean, uh, it's a struggle. It's, it is a struggle. And, and, uh, you know, the first time that I, I bought the Rolex and I, I wore it to a family gathering, I had my little seven-year-old cousin who um, immediately, you know, recognized the watch on my wrist and knew exactly what it was. He's seen, you know, rap videos and sports players wearing Rolex. Probably the only brand other than maybe like Timex that he might know. 
but uh it is uh it's in an inner battle and it, it personally it still is i i find myself when i'm going to uh any family gathering whether it's my husband's family or, or my my family um steering clear of pieces that are you know maybe showcasing my wealth a little bit because of the status symbol that comes with them and it's sad to say and, and a lot of people are are very quick to say oh don't don't who cares what people think you know it's your money you saved up for it and and yes, that might be true, but I also, I still, you know, I take in what people think and, and, mm-hmm. and it, it, you know, it sits with me and, and I don't want to ever, you know, be flashy. My mom was a single mom growing up who worked her butt off for me and my brother. And then here I am, you know, showing up to a family get together wearing a Rolex and mm-hmm. um, I, I don't want to ever push that in someone's face. And, and perhaps that's why the watches I do like are pieces that, uh, aren't, aren't so recognizable maybe and, and that aren't flashy and I still am drawn to those um, those underdogs so to speak um, with a lot of brands so um, yeah it's a tough thing and, and a lot of people deal with that and then some people just don't care they they, they don't care and, and that's great I wish I so wish I had that mentality but um, yeah like I said it's still an inner struggle and I don't know if I'll ever get over it to be honest with you but the good thing is you know I have I have I'm lucky enough to have several pieces in my collection where I, I don't have to always wear one, one watch. And, um, yeah, like I said, I just, am, I'm a bit cautious when I, when I go to those things. And, um, I think that's just my personality personally. How about you? Do you feel, do you feel self-conscious? Well, for me, obviously I'll, I'll let Fred go next, but for me, I don't own a Rolex, right. But, uh, yeah. but, yeah, you know, I do have some pieces in my collection that may not be expensive, but they look expensive. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of cautious around wearing things like that just because uh, I don't know about other cultures. I can only speak for my own culture, but there's a lot of, uh, should we say hate? I don't know if that's uh, not not hate. Um, I guess uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for? Envy? I guess envy. Yeah, uh, Hispanics are, are, you know, our culture is very, very sad. We I can be a petty people. <laughs> yes, yes. And, and you know, the thing that I really hate about one of the things of the downfall of our of our culture is that we don't build ladders for people to climb the ladder and be better than other people. I see that in other cultures. And that's awesome. Like Asian cultures do that all the time for each other. You know, I see some some people who do that. And unfortunately, we don't because like, oh, you got a bigger house. Well, I need a bigger house, you know, it's all mm-hmm. about hate and hate and hate and hate. And yeah, I mean, we struggle with that, like, kind of like with my wife and I, you know, we, we do drive a Lexus. And I, I remember when we got it, the family was like, oh, you guys must have money. And it's like, it's not about the money. It's about the fact that we enjoy how it drives and we like this and we yeah. like sportier things. But people don't, at the end of the day, they're like, well, how much did it cost? And oh, you guys yeah. must be making a lot of money. And then they expect you now when Christmas comes around, when birthdays come around, they expect a nice gift from mm-hmm. from the Miguel family because, like, well, they drive a nice car or the guy's wearing a nice watch. And it's like, well, we're hobbyists, you know? When it comes mm-hmm. to watches, it's like, well, if we get a Rolex, you don't know if I saved my money for 10 years and bought it, not because it's a Rolex, but because of what it is, right? It's this, this, and that, and, and I understand a little bit more than most people, but they just don't care. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I do find it to be a struggle so it's like you you don't want to show off your wealth like you said and i'm not rich mm-hmm. by any means but it, it's kind of like i don't know it's kind of a difficult situation so <laughs> yeah it is and i think the culture you know as a whole it can be very very judgy very judgmental um, very like you, like very. you spoke about and other people and and i think those that have wealth don't don't necessarily show it off and there's some that do yeah but they're 
people are going to be judging them like crazy. And, and I feel that judgment when I go to family gatherings and I am wearing a specific piece because everyone's asking me about it and everyone's, you know, they're not going to shy away from it. Straight up asking me. How like, much how was much it? Did you... Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and you know how I'm... it's so embarrassing. And, uh, and that's the reason why I'm just like, okay, well, I'm never wearing this again, you know, over yep. here and, or anything similar. So it is, it's, it's the way it is. And it's, it's not like that with my dad's family. It's not like that with my husband's family, but it is like that with my mom's family who, who is Hispanic and yeah. Puerto Rican and, and I love him to death, but, um, you know, it's just something that I, it's just a little hurdle that I have to go over and in, in being part of this hobby. And it would be exactly the same way if I drove, you know, a Lexus or a BMW, um, yeah. they would be asking the same questions. So, um, wow. yeah, it is what it is, but you know, it, we, we it, learned to live with it. <laughs> it's definitely like that, like in the black community, like, crabs in the bucket per se as they say but, <laughs> but i generally don't care like i wear what i want to wear when i want to wear it like yeah you know i'm just i don't give a fuck well peace you know, yeah. that all the time you show up with supreme and louis vuitton and <laughs> hey i mean my, my thing is if, if i like it i'm gonna wear it mm-hmm. you see what i'm saying like i'm not wearing it to show it off to you yeah you know what i'm saying like like the comment about like if somebody called me fat, right? I know I'm fat. What the fuck else is you telling me? Like, but but I but 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 I look good though. You see what I'm saying? Like, wow, yeah. I'm I'm that confident in my own shit. Confidence yeah. that I don't care whether I'm right or wrong. I don't care. You know what I'm saying? I was brought up all my life since my mother telling me that I look good. What the fuck you gonna tell me? You see what I'm saying? <laughs> so, I mean, I'm. I just I just suggest to everybody do what you like. If if your family members don't like it, x their ass out. You know what I'm saying? Because you don't need that stress. It's already enough stress in this world. You know what I mean? So some shit you just gotta let go. L I G it. L I G it. <laughs> what about you, Fred? I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree more with Pete. Like in that sense, like I'm a fucking terrible Chilean because Chileans we have like no concept of luxury, and it's very similar to, like what um, Miguel was saying that. A lot of times we, like, there's a lot of that envy and pettiness. It's like you see someone doing well, it's like you just start hitting. It's like, oh, you know, this, like, stuck-up person and all that. And then the people who are doing really well, they generally don't tend to show their wealth, probably thinking of that stigma. And then on top of that, in Chile, if you have something nice, chances are it's going to get stolen. And, like, every time, like, when I was living there and when I go back to visit, you know, like, if I had some, like, I was like, nice shit. And, like, my grandma would be like, oh, you know, someone's going to steal that. It was every comment was someone's going to steal that. Knock on wood, no one ever stole my shit. But, like, right. there's that sort of pervasive fear that, again, reinforces not getting anything that's nice. And, like, but on top of that, it's even if, like, because I don't buy shit, like, for what other people think, you know? Like, I, and that's something I like in this hobby is there's so much there. It's, like, you, like, I came in, like, only knowing, like, Omega, Rolex, and, um... And like maybe like swatch, and then now like you explore beyond like what everyone recognizes. Now it's cool. It's like I can have, you know, a nice watch. Like if I walk around with my seat timer, for example, it may be like more expensive than the next five watches in a row. But if someone doesn't know about watches, you know, it doesn't affect. Like mm-hmm. and and at the end of the day, I buy it because I like how it looks. You know, so I I agree with Pete that at the end of the day, I guess this is kind of reinforces what you were saying, Kathy. You know, at the end of the day, just buy what you like. You know, like these are none of these are things that we need. So you might as well buy something that you enjoy, whether that's five dollars, fifty dollars, five hundred or five thousand. As long as you enjoy it and not 
put too much stock in what other people think of your purchase. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think with one thing with the, you know, the Hispanic community um, is we're very communal community, which means we're very like close knit and tight, which also means growing up, we share everything. Nothing is yours. Everything is the families. And so when you buy something when you're young, it's like I was expected to share with everybody. It wasn't just mine, whereas maybe in the Caucasian or American family household, it's more you earned it. It's yours. You don't have to share it with everybody. Um, and so maybe that that kind of comes into play with the you know material things we have now. It's you're looked at it as in you're you're not sharing your wealth with others. You're you're buying yes. something for yourself, and and you're looked down upon a little bit yes. because of that. Yeah, it's like that in the, in the black community too. You buy a pair of pants. You know what I'm saying? We all wear that pair of pants. You know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, uh, you have the sausage and eggs. You're gonna have to split that plate. You know what I mean? <laughs> but yo, when you get grown and you making your own money, you doing your own thing. I think it, it makes you selfish too. Yeah. Because you had to share everything. Oh and yeah. Then like, and then like I'm finally total, I'm totally selfish now. <laughs> right, right. It means you value right. a lot more when you got like your own stuff and it's like yeah. your own space. Cause even down right. to like personal space is up for grabs when you're growing up Hispanic. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> That's funny. All right, guys. Well, you guys want to talk about other things and get close off. Uh, Kat, we'll let you go first. Anything you want to recommend? Talk about movie, food, movie, whatever. Movie, books, anything like whatever, that. Um, whatever. Whatever. Music. Let me, let me think. Let me think what I'm into right now. Um, I'm doing a lot of podcasts, like not just watch podcasts, actually. So I am like the world's biggest fan of The Office. I don't know if any of you guys watch The Office, but um, yeah. that's what she said, right? Isn't that where <laughs> that came from? That's all I know. Yeah. That's yeah. all I know. <laughs> So there, there's a new podcast with uh, two two women that were on the show, and and they're they're kind of going back from the start, you know, episode one, and giving you some behind the scenes stuff, which I I just nerd out on. It's just another thing that's nerdy and geeky for me. Um, it's called The Office Ladies, and then another podcast I'm really into is uh, called The Armchair Expert, and it's with uh, Dax Shepard, who yeah. is I think he's married to Kristen Bell in real life and he sits down with actors and singers and and um also he has some shows that are with uh, scientists and psychologists and they sit down for an hour hour and a half and they just talk about life and human interaction and stuff like that and and uh, i find it very intriguing and very entertaining so yeah and then uh let's see i don't think i think i'm all cut up on my netflix shows actually so nothing 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 at the moment that i'm binge watching or anything like that what about you guys uh me I got two things. I, uh, I'm actually on season four of Star Wars, The Clone Wars. Oh, get nice. Ready. No more Star Wars, and, please, guys. Get, 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 <laughs> get, getting ready for next week when season seven comes out. Getting ready for that. So hopefully I'll be done. And um, Also, I went to Foot Locker uh, Wednesday, I think. And I finally got the Air Jordan Retro 4s, the Black Cats. Oh, nice. my God. Oh, nice. oh my god! And I got a thirty percent discount. Oh, even better! <laughs> so, <laughs> yo, these things are the bomb. Coated new bug leather. Oh Lord, him. that's awesome. Yo, so, what so about you? Man. Go ahead. Oh, sorry, I was gonna say, what about you, Fred? Um, what have I been up to? Uh, oh, actually, I started watching this um this Amazon series called. I think it's the man in the high castle. Oh, um, yeah. Really, really cool. Like sort of like alternate history where like if um, 
pretty much it's like if the Nazis had won World War Two and it's set Ooh. in the sixties. So like mm. they divided like America into half of it is is uh, conquered by the Germans, the other half by the Japanese. Then obviously like you know they got a little resistance forming up, you know, after twenty years of fascism in the states. Um, really, really cool. I just finished the first season. There's, I think, four seasons in total. So I've pretty much lost most of my week. My upcoming week uh, is going to be lost to that. <laughs> and when you really think about that, that's kind of scary. That's mm-hmm. scary. You know what I mean? Like, damn. Okay. Yeah. That's but a good show. Good. Yeah, it's a good show. You'll like it, I, for sure. Right. I like all, like, the world building, like, all the attention to detail and showing, like, how, like, that would have influenced like the America that we know now. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, before I tell you about my other things, we completely forgot to do the wrist check. So Kat, what are you wearing today? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm actually, I'm wearing a watch that I have on borrow from a friend, which is the uh, Grand Seiko SBGM 221. It's mm. the automatic GMT that has that cream dial. And uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I might be buying this watch. It, it it is the most beautiful watch I've seen in a very long time. Um, Titanium, it, stainless steel. It's stainless steel. Yeah, it's stainless okay. steel. Um, and, you know, it's not spring drive. It's not you know nine F quartz or anything like that. But the movement is 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 uh, definitely nicely decorated on the back. And um, yeah, it's just I don't know. There's just something about it. And um, I haven't been this crazy for a watch in a while. So I know you just I had a grand grand sake when you got rid of it, right? So yeah, you know. It, it definitely had the the Grand Seiko finishing, but there was it didn't it didn't wow me, and and I feel like I've come across so many Grand Seikos that have wowed me, and and I just feel like if I'm gonna have one in my collection, I I wanted it to be something that I was really really proud of and really wanted to wear, and the fact was that it was very similar to other pieces I had in my collection, so I I found myself wanting to wear that, but then I go for my Explorer or my Manta instead. So um, this is, on the other hand, very, very different than anything else I have. So um, it, it, that may be a good thing. But, um, yeah, I'm glad that I could borrow it for a couple of days and check it out. That's super cool. By the way, I love your new uh, Speedmaster. It's, Thank uh, you. Yeah, it's awesome. That, that watch is super cool. It's a, a smaller watch, right? 40? Yeah, it's a 40 millimeter. 40 millimeter. Um, it's one of the, the racing dials that they racing did dials, for yeah. just a couple of years. But, uh, yeah, it's super very cool. interesting. Yeah. And it's automatic, right? So that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, automatic. And uh, yeah, it's got a silicone hairspring and everything like that in it. So it's it's very highly magnetic resistant. And it's just a workhorse movement that's inside of it, too. Very, very easy to, to work on as well. So no, awesome. no need to necessarily send it into Omega if something were to happen to it. That's good. That's important. <laughs> yeah. Guys, what are you guys wearing? Uh, I'm wearing my Cartier Pasta again. After making the video, I haven't seemed to be able to take it off. So, like, <laughs> I've still got it on. I've had it on for, like, the last two weeks now. I really need to show my other watches some love. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm addicted to this watch. I really like that. I was going to say, I really, I really like that video, Fred. Like, you just kind of went into the history. And it's cool. A lot of people don't even know that Genta designed that. You know what I mean? All they know is the Nautilus and the, and the Royal Oak. But then you kind of go into the history of this. Like, super cool. Yeah, it was a cool little way to... Uh, not like go bankrupt for years and still have a piece of Genta history on my wrist. <laughs> That's super cool. P? Lover Sport, Blue Dial, Blue Bezel. Nice. Kind of a, kind of a, uh, I guess it could be considered a, a, a sub homage. That's know? cool. Yeah. Love Absolutely. Lola. Well, I'm wearing the, the guy that started the whole hobby for me, the SKX 007. So 
hated the bracelet, got in this Uncle Seiko bracelet uh, for a lot of people. Some people know who Uncle Seiko is, some people don't, mm-hmm. but he's here in uh, San Diego. Really cool guy. He's a pastor. So some of the proceeds actually go to foundations and stuff like that. So it just completely changed the watch for me with this uh, bracelet. And the cool part is that I actually got it for free from another YouTuber here uh, in Irvine, Sam. And uh, yeah, he, he basically gave it to me. He got him for free and we kind of became friends, collaborated. And I guess as a thank you or friendship, he just gave it to me and like an $80 bracelet right here. I wouldn't buy it for myself, but yeah, it completely changed the watch for me. So <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I love this watch, honestly. I mean, there's some things I would change to it. You know, obviously the sapphire and this and that or whatever. But it's cool. I just really love this watch. And You, th- you think you'll, you'll mod it at some point in time? Uh, I've been debating and the reason why is because I do want to upgrade it, but I love the fact that it's original and just like with vintage cars, there was a point where restoring the cars had more of a worth, right? But just Mm -hmm. like with vintage watches, if you restore it and now it's garbage, you want it to be as original as possible. And I know this thing is discontinued and I know for now it's like, you're ridiculous, Miguel, there's tons of these floating around. Well, this is something I want to leave to my son. So who knows, 40, 50, 60 years from now, if I completely mod it. It, it may lose that charm it may lose yeah. that not value because i don't think they'll be very valuable but for my son to go you know what my dad saw the vision he saw that yeah he wanted sapphire crystal and this mad ceramic vessel but he didn't and he didn't because he wanted it as original as it could possibly get it if i want a sapphire crystal and this and that i'll just get another watch you know yeah. that's my thoughts on that so no, might I be agree. wrong <laughs> whatever <laughs> well and, and you know they got the uh, the new seiko five models out now too that uh you know I think without having the model watch, they're offering a lot of different colors and stuff like that. So yeah, um, people kind of get into those. Yeah, I, I just have such a such a hate right now for Seiko for what they're doing <laughs> and just moving up market and just modifying yeah. things and charging X amount of dollars just to put a sapphire crystal on the watch. Yeah, it's like, I, I totally so get stupid. it. I agree. That's a whole nother. That's oh, that's a whole other episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, other things for me. Let me just finish off on this. I. I I've always had a fascination for uh, serial killers. Now, I'm not a killer myself. I'm a, I'm a family-driven person. and That we know I, of. Ah, Pete, don't let the cat out of the bag. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's interesting, you know. You, you speak to different people and everybody goes through different struggles, right? Whether it be a divorce, whether it be rape, whether it be different things that happen in your life. And it's just really interesting to explore the human mind. And in this series on Netflix, uh, it's called I Am a Killer. They basically sit down with people that have convicted murders and they kind of go, well, why did you do it? You know, kind of go into the story. And it's interesting to see that that inner struggle. And, and to me, it's interesting to watch a person that when they talk about the good times, they're like laughing and all of a sudden they start getting very, very dark and, and go into something. And you could hear in their voice of remorse. Some people don't, you know, so it's just very interesting. And that kind of ties into the U.S. and I could only speak to the U.S. because it's where we live. But you know, there should be more help for mental health. There should be more help for drugs, uh, drug addiction, because a lot of these people—that's kind of why they got driven to do things like this. Because either drugs or because of mental health, and it's really, really sad, you know. And just to see the statistic in the U.S. alone, eight thousand people are convicted annually for murder. I'm like, what? But 10% of those people are only women. So majority of them are men. Just like, it's, it's just crazy, you know? Yeah. There should be more women killers is what I'm saying. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. Uh, 
so yeah, it's just I've just been watching that. It's just one of those things. My my wife doesn't enjoy watching that, and obviously my son's not around when I watch that stuff. It's just very interesting to kind of go into their mind and be like, why would they do that, and, and how can somebody help somebody like that to just make this world a better place? And it's just hard. It's just I, yeah. I don't know, you know. I it, I don't know, whatever. So that's what I've been watching. But anyways, uh, <laughs> any closing thoughts? Anything else you guys want to say before we? Uh, Tell people where they can find us. Yeah, I just want to say another big thank you to, you know, having me on today. It was, it's been fun. And, and uh, yeah, I look forward to, to coming on the show in the future. I appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for, for coming on. Guys, thank you so much for joining. I know we all have different time zones and things we're doing. So I appreciate it. So, Kat, where can they find you? Um, they can find me personally at a girl and her watches with underscores in between each word on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And um, if they want to check out the podcast, they can go to 10 and 2.com. That's T E N N and 2.com. Um, and we're 10 and 2 media on Facebook and Instagram. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Guys. Ross and Bridge watch love everywhere. YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. Hit me up. <laughs> Fred. <laughs> uh, Saluso. All one word, um, S-A-H-A-H-L-U-S-S-O on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, MySpace. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> um, well, you can find me, uh, SoCal Watch Reviews. You know, channel's growing a little bit. It's been a bit of a struggle, and I know we don't, I personally don't put out content that much. Been super busy. But yeah, find me SoCal Watch Reviews on Instagram, YouTube. And this podcast, of course, if you're listening, wherever you're listening from, we do appreciate it. Uh, I know it's uh, it's it's really fun doing this, guys. So, yeah, we, we appreciate any feedback that, that we get either on Instagram or any platform that, that you're listening to, to this show on. So, yeah, as always, uh, guys, thank you all and uh, stay humble. Yeah.